I heard a phrase um, or read a phrase somewhere in the last week. I can't remember when it was I, I saw it. And it said, um, make yourself available to experience. And it was in reference to meditation. And I thought it was really a great way to frame what we're doing here is making ourselves available to experience because we are often unavailable to experience. We have particular ways we see the world, and we have particular ways we want to experience the world, and things that don't match those views tend to bounce off our barriers, or um, we deny they exist, or react in various ways and so when we sit in practice and we make ourselves available to experience we're not judging or pushing anything away and that when we do that in meditation it's a it's laying the groundwork for us to do it excuse me as we walk through our lives making ourselves available to all experiences that show up, emotions and sounds and thoughts and uh, things that don't necessarily go the way we want them to go. It's extraordinary, as, as I was thinking about it, how quickly we can deny the reality of something if it doesn't match our point of view or how we want to see things. We can be easily oblivious. Um, you know, the... Usually it's the fingers in the ears, la, 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 I can't hear, I can't hear. And it's like, but we do that in, internally. And I think it's important um, to reflect on this because this is kind of um, the, it got me to thinking about what we're doing with the practice and the Buddhist teachings about the noble, the four noble truths. And the first noble truth is that there is dukkha. Dukkha is often translated as suffering. There's dukkha, there's birth, there's death, there's aging, there's separation from what we love, there's, there's um, you know, not getting what we want. And it's, as I said, it's often translated as suffering, but it's also often the meaning is being dissatisfied with the way things are. And often when we're dissatisfied is because we're not agreeing with something. It's like, no, this shouldn't be this way. But instead, this practice is like, but it's happening. And if we're denying or, or not um, recognizing it, not, not talking about um, like this, oh, well, can't do anything about it. It's not that piece, but just the reality really fully being with the reality of the moment, especially if it's unpleasant, because the root of this dissatisfaction in the second noble truth is this idea of tanha. The word in Pali is tanha, which generally means thirst, but it's used in this, in this, in this, um, here it's used as this craving basically craving for sensual pleasure, craving for the good stuff all the time. We want what we want when we want it. 
and not getting it is this root of this this suffering that we repeat over and over again this dissatisfaction because we're so locked into these ways of thinking how things should be this is the way it's supposed to look like this and when it doesn't it's like Meh. it's like it's simple i mean if you think about um making plans for an outing let's say you're going on a picnic and and you wake up in the morning and it's pouring rain and there's the reality of the situation there's a choice you can make to react with like anger and ah, everything sucks that type of reaction or okay it's raining this is this is not what we wanted this is not what we planned but we don't have to become miserable about it and that's a really simple type of uh, of example but the, it's it's how we show up in the world all the time this isn't supposed to be this way this is supposed to be that way that's the root of our dissatisfaction and the buddha says it's like you're going to keep keep banging your head against the wall every time you're just chasing this particular aspect this particular pleasure this particular story even happiness, when we experience it, because there is happiness, there's joy, there's happiness, there's all these things. We kind of ha- want to keep it, but nothing is permanent. This is, you know, everything is impermanent. Everything changes. You've probably noticed in your life, everything changes. Um, and when we fight it, again, there's that dissatisfaction with the way things are. What, what keeps coming into my mind is um, the idea of patience, which is one of the, the uh, paramis, one of these qualities that they say is necessary for liberation. You really need to have patience. And Gil Fransdahl, the teacher, says, patience isn't necessary if everything is going your way. So, you know, it's this recognition that things don't go our way, and how can we be with it? Patient, accepting, Again, not working to change things that may be harmful, but just saying, okay, right now it's like this. And we have to be willing to be with our suffering. We have to be willing to acknowledge the dissatisfaction, the disappointment. When the, the picnic is rained out, there's some disappointment. Again, oftentimes there's this tendency, this reactivity to mitigate disappointment or mitigate whatever we're feeling because we are often taught not to do certain things. I was looking at, I I did some chaplaincy training about 12 years ago and I got an email, they sent out an email to everybody who's gone through this chaplaincy training over the years that they're putting together, um, I think, I don't know, it's a blog or something for Uh, other people to look at who are perhaps considering this training and some of the things we did were reflections on um, a our experiences with our volunteering I volunteered at a hospital um, at Hollywood Presbyterian Hospital as a chaplain and then we also had to do reflections on um, some some teaching some sutta or some lesson that way and um I was looking back at it, and now I absolutely forget what my point was in bringing that up. Um, uh, But it was, let me see, let me just think for a second. Um, I was talking about being willing to be with our suffering, um, and 
how, oh yeah, what happened, I was one of the things I was reading that I had written, uh, there was a, someone had come to one of the classes and he was talking about grief and he was doing a presentation and he was saying, how were you taught to handle grief as a child? What things were appropriate to grieve? Were you taught that grief had a time frame? You were allowed to grieve your, your, your pet that died for three days and then you had to get over it? Things like that. So, and it's not just grief, but we're taught so many things which we carry with us. It's that deep conditioning, that deep training that we've, we've carried with us that, that um, sometimes we don't allow these feelings to be present and if we, there's disappointment because a picnic is rained out, we're like, oh, judging, not supposed to be sad, all these different things, instead of being with. Fighting it doesn't do any good. That's the suffering that leads to more suffering, the continual pushing down of reality. Whereas if you open it and turn towards it and embrace it, there's, a, the, there's the suffering. I'm going to read a quote from um, Ajahn Chah who is a Thai forest monk from the last century, who was wonderful. He was also very simple in his teachings, but all very profound. And he said, there are two kinds of suffering, the suffering which leads to more suffering and the suffering which leads to the end of suffering. The first is the pain of grasping after fleeting pleasures and aversion for the unpleasant, the continued struggle of most people day after day. The second is the suffering which comes when you allow yourself to feel fully the constant change of experience, pleasure, pain, joy, and anger, without fear or withdrawal. The suffering of our experience leads to inner fearlessness and peace. If we're not afraid to feel, be fully with our experience, we don't have to hide. We don't have to push away the unpleasant. We can say this is, this is part of the human condition. I think I was talking about that last week. And Stephen Batchelor, a wonderful teacher, I think this is in his, from his book, uh, After Buddhism, he said... We have to be open to the totality of one's existential situation. Open to all of it. You know, we let go of reactivity, of pushing and pulling, and just say, this is it. Can I be with my grief? Can I be with my joy? Some folks are, are um, you know, hesitant to be with joy because they know it's going to end and they don't want to have to deal with that pain. So I'm just going to avoid it altogether so I don't have to feel. I, you know, we're, 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 we're just like building this armor, building these walls so we don't have to experience things that we've determined we don't want to experience for whatever reason, from whatever um, um, situations we've exp had in our lives. But there's no way around feeling. There's no way out of this humanity. So the invitation is always to be fully present, to be fully with the totality of our experience. There's a, a round when they're talking about um, the Eightfold Path, 
there's these four lines. Again, I think I got this from Stephen Batchelor in his After Buddhism book. The First Noble Truth, that there is suffering. He said, suffering is to be comprehended. This dissatisfaction, this unsatisfactory nature of life, we're not always going to get what we want. We have to comprehend that. We embrace life. This is the way it is. Warts and all, pleasure, pain, what did Ajahn Chah say? Pleasure, pain, joy, anger. We greet it without fear or withdrawal. You know? And this, this wanting things to be pleasant all the time, we let go of that. We really, or don't pick it up. You know, just go, oh, watch that tendency. Uh, uh, I want to I fix this. I want to do something. Own the experience. And then if something needs to be done, if some situation needs to be addressed in some way, shape, or form, fine, but don't deny the feeling that's present. That's so important. Oftentimes we try and deny the feeling by making changes. We can do both. We can own the feeling, be true to our full humanity, not be afraid of it, and do the work that needs to be done if something needs to be changed. Mm -hmm. And we see when we let it go. There's this beginning, this, they talk about the insights, um, these, these insights of the Four Noble Truths. And we begin to see what's happening, and we cultivate this last, this last Noble Truth is about the Eightfold Path, which... I'm not going to get into right now, but it's the Buddhist teachings on how we can do this as we move through the world, living in harmony with the world, with ourselves. But these stages of insight, we get to intellectually, it's, a, it's not an overnight thing, here's your three stages, do these and you'll be done. It's like, first there's this intellectual understanding of the things I'm talking about, that, okay, there, yeah. Maybe I do fight against particular feelings. Like wanting, to, if I feel I'm going to be late for something important, like I remember almost being late for a friend's wedding um, or being late for an important meeting, I, um, I get all nervous because I don't want to be late and I need to blame. I used to blame. I would, and my, the closest thing was my husband. And it was like, it's your fault, it's your fault, it's your fault. And I make up, I, I spend time trying to rationalize my way out of feeling this fear and nervousness. If you had X, Y, or Z, then I wouldn't feel this way. Instead of going, oh, there's some, this is uncomfortable, this is uncomfortable. Ooh, how can I be with these feelings? I don't need to point and yell and scream or fix or change or anything to mitigate that I can just be with and I and it's it's been a journey not to point that finger I still find myself pointing the finger going if you then I, I'm trying to not feel what I'm feeling by creating a story around why it happened instead of owning the feeling so that's the intellectual seeing that oh that's some serious suffering serious in in um dissatisfaction with the way things are intellectually recognizing it sometimes oftentimes at the outset in the past 
oh, that thing that happened yesterday, now I can kind of, once the emotional reaction is, is on, on the other side of it, I can start to say, oh, that's what happened. And then the next level of insight is to recognize it when you're in the middle of it. So when I'm pointing the finger of blame and you and you, and it's like, oh, I see what's going on. Oh, I don't, there's this unpleasant experience. There's this fear that people are going to be angry at me for being late or I'm going to look ridiculous. Those are the things that come up for me around this. And it's like, oh, can I instead be, you know, recognizing it as it's happening and maybe stop? So being open to my own dukkha, being open to the dukkha of others. And then the third insight is just being fully present knowing that it's happening, as it's happening. So no longer pointing that finger, no longer moving into that reactivity. Instead, recognizing the discomfort and perhaps greeting it with some, some compassion or kindness. Oh, wow, this, this sucks to feel this. It is unpleasant. How can I be, be open to this and be kind? That's why so often the instructions in meditation are be kind. You know? Mindfulness practice helps create the conditions that allow you to be present for these experiences. You know, in meditation we talk about let sound be sound, be open to an unpleasant sound. You don't have to fix it. You, know? you don't have to change your thoughts. Just watch out for getting caught up in them. Be open to the different emotions, pleasant or unpleasant. Even the unpleasant sensation that your foot falling asleep. Can you be with that without needing it to be different? I, um, Larry Ward is a wonderful teacher, and he gives a Dharma talk every month online. And yesterday, he was, I, I listened to his talk, or I went to his talk via Zoom, and he was talking about, um, he was talking about a lot of things, but he talked a little bit about equanimity. And equanimity is this ability to be with everything um, without preference. That's one of my favorite ex, um, definition is a deep intimacy with our own experience without preference. Those of you who've sat with me for a while have heard this many times. And what he said yesterday, which I really, really like, he said, equanimity, expand the space so the whole dance of life can happen without us running from it. I'm going to read that again. We expand the space around us so that the whole dance of life can happen without us running from it. We make space for everything that's happening. I talked about, um, you know, we create these scenarios and we create, we build these walls so that things can't get in and, and anything that doesn't match our approval or our storyline, our scenario, gets pushed away or rationalized or judged or whatever. Equanimity is letting go of that, opening up to whatever is here. Opening up to whatever is here. You know, he talked about, he gave this example. 
we, we create these stories about ourselves, these views. And he's a black man, and he said he never let on in high school or something that he liked Chopin, classical music, because he wasn't supposed to like that, because there's, you know, some storyline that because of who you are, what you look like, where you come from, whatever it is, this is what you like, this is what you don't like. And I have found myself trapped in those... I'm not allowed to... That's not... Uh, my trap was cool. Not that I was ever cool, but that was the thing you, you know... Oh, this, this is cool. Oh, that's not cool. I can't do things that I have deemed uncool because I'm not cool and I don't even want to double down on being uncool, so I'm not going to do those things. And it's all made up. It's all made up, and it's such a prison that we live in. It's such a prison. So the willingness to allow this full dance, embrace the reality of our experience, unpleasant, pleasant, everything that's where the liberation is that's what you know ajahn cha said the the ex this experiences that we allow ourselves the discomfort that we allow ourselves leads to inner fearlessness and peace there's a peace and a freedom when we when we're not shutting off the dance you know we're not running away from it the whole dance of life we're able to be with with intimacy you know, and I, I invite you to just reflect for yourself on your own experiences when you've perhaps changed your view around something and, wow, you're no longer having to fight something. You could just let it be for whatever reason. You allowed yourself this freedom or that freedom regardless of what other people were saying or, or the messages we received. Oh, it's okay to cry. What? Simple things. I mean, it's not simple. It sounds simple, but, you know, sometimes there's this, it took me, uh, that wasn't one of the okay things to do. You know? We get all these messages. And so this, this is, there's a promise of freedom in this practice. And the freedom that we're promised is the embracing of of the human condition is the embracing of all experience, even the stuff that's unpleasant, because that's part of part of what it is. It's part of the dance of life, and and we wanna we wanna embrace the suffering that takes us away, that leads to healing, that leads to freedom instead of this this fighting, this discontent, this fighting the discontent, you know, the aversion to reality, which just you know, it just, it just snowballs because you're never going to get away from that. And if we keep fighting, I always say you never win a fist fight with reality. So put down the gloves. Embrace the moment. Dance. Let it dance, you know. Even happiness, let it go. Let go a little, have a little peace. Let go completely, have complete peace. So thank you, my friends, um, for your kind attention. Um, yeah, thank you. This has been um, fun for me to reflect on, so I really appreciate your, your patience and your, um, your attention.
Thank you for visiting Undefended Dharma. These teachings are freely offered. However, if you would like to make a donation to help support the technology that makes these podcasts possible, please visit marystancavage.org backslash support. Thank you.